Welcome to the Communication Mastery Podcast with me, Mark Berlinson. We're on a journey together to improve our communication mastery in all kinds of settings, at work, at home, uh, in the community, and we're learning the art and the science of communication so that we can tackle difficulties and grow our mastery together. So I'm your communication coach, and I'm really excited to share this episode with you. Well, welcome back to the Communication Mastery Podcast, and this is episode 11. Good, Can you believe we've had 11 episodes already? And uh, this time we're going to talk about adapting to other people, because that really is the heart of communication. The clients that I work with that do the best are the ones who grasp it quickly, that if I can adapt to others, then communication goes far better than it will if I just stick to what my preference would be. If you think back to, uh, I think it was episode 8, we had a few tips on there about adapting to different communication styles. And I want to start off with that because then we'll build it into how do I adapt to other people. The first thing we said we need to do at the end of episode eight was to understand what style we're in. So we actually learn all seven of the communication styles that the life language profile provides for us. And the more I understand those seven styles, the deeper I get into my, uh, my knowledge of that kind of body of, of understanding in communication, uh, then the more likely I am to be able to identify which communication style is in operation or which communication style is needed. Uh, in the interaction I'm talking about or in the setting that I'm moving into. <clears throat> so if I can learn who's stronger in each style, whether it's within the business team or within my family uh, or within my friend circle, wherever it is that I'm applying this, if I understand the different strengths that each one brings to the picture, then I can adapt from that knowledge, that understanding um, so that when I'm asking for us to be communicating in a particular language or I want to uh, move into a language where I can make a connection with somebody else, I'm understanding what are the characteristics, what are the basics, what are the qualities that each language brings so that I can take it from there. Then the second step is to reflect uh, that I invest the time to, to step back and to, to, to see the interactions in the team that I'm leading or the team that I'm part of, so that from the perspective of each one's preferred communication styles, I can look at how does this need to go in order for each person to feel engaged, because it's not a one-size-fits-all. I think of some of the teams that I work with, and uh, the quieter folk, <coughs> the, the folks with maybe an overall intensity that's lower in their profile, uh, maybe they're stronger in some of the more individualistic languages, maybe like the contemplator or maybe even the doer. Uh, it's an action language, but it's much more of an individual language. I see what needs to be done and I get on with it. I wish that other people would join in, but I still get on with it by myself. Those individualistic languages can often uh, need to be addressed in building team or in moving the team towards a goal. Uh, I need to make sure I, make, I don't leave anybody out. Another individualistic language could be the responder. They're very much a one-to-one -one feeling emotive language. And so they're focused on the one cause or the one issue or the one person that's in their focus. And sometimes I need to recognize that and help them to make the bridge into working in a team. Uh, and sometimes that can be just based out of my knowledge of the responder language. I can find the right keys to bring them into the picture and get them involved to see the benefit of their contribution. Then the third thing, and this flows right out of what I just said about reflecting on each one, 
I need to respect each one for what they bring. I need to affirm each person for their contribution and for their strength that they offer from their primary communication styles, the ones that they prefer most. Remembering, of course, that all of us speak all seven, so we can actually switch into maybe it's the, one of the lower languages in your profile, but it's certainly one that you have available to you. Uh, but if I will respect, affirm, and choose to adapt for the sake of other people, that's really the key to all of this. That's why we're talking about adapting to others today. Here's a little phrase that I, I can't remember whether I heard it from somebody else or whether it came out in a coaching situation, but I said it to somebody the other day and it really made the light come on for them in terms of respect for others. I said that different is not wrong unless I'm immature. If I'm immature, then your difference is a threat to me um, or it's something I don't understand and I can't bridge to. But that's only out of my immaturity. If I can grow my knowledge and grow my willingness to adapt, I'm growing character. I'm growing maturity in communication. And that kind of respect goes a long way because then other people realize that I care about them enough to adapt the way I approach or adapt the way I communicate for us to build a connection and therefore we benefit from our teamwork or our partnership on a specific issue or a specific discussion. And then the fourth thing we said at the end of episode eight, and you may remember the story I told about one of my supervisors in a previous uh, working setting, but the idea of promoting the people around me by both challenging and protecting them. Uh, so if I, first off, if I protect those around me um, by speaking their preferred language, by uh, by encouraging open and, and honest and transparent communication, free communication, uh, so that they feel safe to be themselves and to bring what they offer to the table. That kind of protection is something I can offer to those above me, uh, to a boss or a supervisor, but also to those around me, my team members, the, the, my peers in this exercise or in this endeavor. And also to those, if you like, below me in the organizational structure, those that, that maybe look up to me as a leader or that I'm responsible for supervising, if I protect in all of those directions, like a 360-degree protective heart in terms of adapting and honoring and affirming, then that brings out the best in everyone. But there also needs to be that challenge uh, as we protect. We don't protect simply to keep people as they are, but sometimes we need to challenge people to adapt their communication style so that we can benefit from another aspect of their, their profile, uh, of their personality, of their experience, of their, their life's journey. Uh, so I'm thinking of several clients that I work with when I'm like, you need to move out of your first language and step into your second or third. Maybe there's two or three together in the middle of your profile that are all strong, but you have something to offer there. And rather than approaching this with the first way that you would, you can actually be much more effective if you switch maybe from an action uh, focus to an emotive focus. Uh, or maybe it's a question of moving out of thinking and into action. So accessing second, third, maybe even fourth language is a very helpful adaption tool. Um, but then that has to be challenged out of me by the people around me who understand me. So those are the steps that we outlined 
uh, at the end of, uh, of episode eight, and now we're going to take it a little bit further. So let me throw in today's key takeaway. Because when I talk about those steps, very often there can be frustration if those steps are difficult to achieve or if the people around me don't necessarily follow with me when I challenge them or when I adapt to them. Uh, So here's my key takeaway for today. Gratitude diffuses frustration. So if I can look for what I can be thankful for in any person around me who, who either frustrates me or maybe rubs me the wrong way with their communication style, then I can look for what I'm grateful for and it diffuses the frustration and it enables me not to burn bridges that I'm building in communication and in teamwork and in connecting with other people. So, for example, one of my lower languages is the mover language. And so somebody who's strong in the mover can very often rub me the wrong way. They're all about, we need to do this and we need to do it now, and are you with me? And I'm going to go do this whether you come or not. And all of that is uh, different to the way I'm primarily wired because I love to see people drawn together. I love to encourage and and be enthusiastic. Um, But I can sometimes lose sight of the areas of justice or improvement that the mover language would see. So because it's a low language for me, then I, I, I get offended, I get frustrated, I, I find that it's, it's pressing my buttons to work closely with somebody who's strong in that language. However, I've learned to be thankful for what they do bring, to look for what I can be grateful for, because then the gratitude begins to decrease my frustration as I look at the strengths they offer, as I look at the passion they have, as I look at the value of that within the setting that we're in. That then reduces the frustration, and so my responses to them, as well as my challenge to them, doesn't come with an edge that comes out of my frustration. It comes instead with the, with the understanding and the empathy that comes out of the knowledge I have of their languages. So as we go on looking at adapting to others, remembering our takeaway of gratitude, diffusing our frustration... What I suggest we do for growing in adaptation is to use the keys for communication that I teach in the Life Languages Workshop. When I'm working with a team or whether I'm working with a group of individuals who've come together for the workshop, there are a bunch of different keys for communication that we, we zero in on in order to understand the seven languages better, but also to understand how to leverage our knowledge into adapt- adaptation. Excuse me. <coughs> So the first key would be, what language does this other person prefer? Um, What language is their preferred communication style? And if you find that hard to figure out, there's a really handy little cheat sheet in my introductory resource bundle that's available on my website. You can find that at markberlinson.com. Just scroll down that front page, and the introductory resource bundle is labeled there. Uh, And the cheat sheet is included in that bundle of what language are we speaking? Just a couple of steps to really figure it out pretty easily to enable you to make sure that we are understanding the language that we're both in in our communication. Once I've figured out what language does this other person prefer, then the next key to communication is what question needs to be answered in order for communication to be established. Because remember, each of our languages has its own unique filter. And uh, if I can figure out what question 
needs to be answered. It's not a verbalized question, it's an internalized question. But if I can figure out what that language, that primary language needs in order for us to connect, then the connection is made, the light comes on, communication begins, and then we can develop from there. Once that connection's made, then the next key is to figure out what does this person need in order to sustain and to grow communication. That's the need from others that our life languages tell us. And uh, if I'm not giving you what you need for us to have a sustained connection, then our communication is always going to be hindered. It's always going to be more difficult. It's not complicated uh, because once I've figured out the seven different languages and I know which one we're in, then that need for others comes as part of the package and we can work with that. Uh, for example, uh, I've often used my wife as an example, but my wife's primary need for connection is for her to know that I care and that I get how she's wired, that I get where she's coming from, and that my, uh, my heart is towards hers, that I express caring in a way that she can receive it. And when I remember that, uh, then our communication is always much more effective. The same applies to, to work colleagues or other family members or friends. Once I know their primary language or I know which language we're connecting in in the moment, then I can meet that need in order to grow and sustain that communication. Then the next key uh, that I'd look at in terms of adapting to others is what is the driving passion of this person's preferred communication style? What are they bringing to the table? What's, what's pushing them forward? Why are they uh, communicating? Why are they engaging with whatever it is that we're doing? Uh, there's something in them that wants to see something, that wants to uh, impart something, that wants to cultivate something. Um, and that passion, if I can recognize it and make room for it, then the communication is really going to flourish. Uh, back to the example with my wife, um, her passion is always to protect and to, uh, and to care, to express care in a tangible way. And so if I make room for that, not only do I benefit, but the others around us benefit. And uh, so again, in our communication, I'm looking for what passion is this person bringing to our interaction or bringing to the table for our team. And then another uh, key, I guess the final key really, is that uh, I need to be able to recognize and appreciate the strength of character that this person I'm working with or this person I'm communicating with, um, they carry that along with this language that we're, we're communicating in. So if I can appreciate their strength of character, uh, the, the, the quality that they bring to our interaction. No two people are the same, but everybody has something that they bring. And if I learn to appreciate that, that character strength, then I'm going to make room for that. I'm going to benefit from that. And all of that is going to add into our adaptation skills so that our communication can be much more effective, much more fruitful. <laughs> Here's a final principle, if you like. And remember that the takeaway is that gratitude diffuses frustration, but also the one who's more mature in the interaction is the one who goes further in adapting. And so I need to learn, and I have learned over the years, to move out of my preferred style and to always find the style of the person I want to connect with. And that pays off in all kinds of ways, because as I do that for others, I find they are more able to do that for me. 
And so again and again, now I'm finding friends as well as clients who will often switch into my first or second language as we're interacting, as I'm coaching, or as we're just having time together as friends, uh, because they've begun to understand it. But I went first because I understood it before they did, and I was able to prepare the ground for them to know that the connection with me and communication with me is both a safe and a fruitful place. And so uh, I encourage you to keep growing in your knowledge of these communication styles so that you can be the mature one, so that you can take the first step, so that you can go further in the beginning to establish communication. Because as communication grows, then you'll find the, the, the relationship bears fruit in both directions. And uh, so those keys for communication, as I said, are taught in the Life Languages workshop. And you can check my website for my next online workshop. I do them fairly regularly, every six to eight weeks. And you can, uh, you can schedule a place on one of those. Or you can book a workshop for your own group, whether it's a, a, a team at work or, or whether you want to get your friends together. Uh, I do workshops of all sizes. And uh, uh, I'd be very happy to, to book a workshop for your group if you'd like to develop those skills in a setting like that. We have a lot of fun together. Uh, we uh, obviously bring each other's profiles to the table, but then we see what we can learn from each one's uniqueness in order that we can adapt to one another. So those are some keys to adapting. And uh, I encourage you to take the first step in being the one who does adapt because it will be so beneficial to your communication. So thank you for joining me for this episode of the Communication Mastery Podcast. If this has been helpful to you, please leave a rating and a review because that helps me to get the word out. You can also share it with your friends and encourage them to subscribe. I'd love to hear your feedback. Give me your suggestions for future episodes. You can connect with me through my website at www.markburlinson.com. I'm your communication coach and I'm looking forward to hearing from you. See you next time.